Welcome back, y'all. This is a sci-fi series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Volume 3. Alright. Here we go. Count me down. Hey guys, welcome to the No on 15 All Cast. My name is Oscar, and today we're continuing our series on 1980s sci-fi films. This is part three of four. So if you haven't checked out the first two parts, uh, check those out when you get a chance. And uh, today we have a variety of films we're going over, but the main ones we'll be focusing a bit more on are, um, the first one is The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension from 1984. Then we have Back to the Future from 1985. Following up, following that up is uh, Aliens, nineteen eighty six, and the other two we're just going to briefly touch upon are um, Enemy Mine from nineteen eighty five, and then Flight of the Navigator from nineteen eighty six. So if you haven't seen yes. those movies, or if it's your first time on the podcast, we do give spoilers, right, Caesar? <laughs> we give, yes, <laughs> we give plenty of spoilers on this podcast. Sorry. So if if you we haven't have seen these movies, you know, feel free to press press plot, um, press pause, and uh, watch those films, and then come back to us. But uh, before we jump in, obviously this podcast is not possible without this amazing crew here. So I'm joined tonight by uh, Caesar, aka Seven Cs. We got Efren on the mic, Raul, yep. and Scott. How are you guys doing today? Hey, how you doing? All right, good. <laughs> all right, all right. All right, very good, very good. So um, why don't we just go ahead and jump right in? So uh, the first movie we're gonna go into, I guess we're just we'll just go chronologically. Uh, the first one is The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. And um, play the synopsis first. I'll play, I'll play the quick synopsis uh, by a new synopsis reader tonight. Uh, That's right. Check it out. This is V reading our synopsis for Buckaroo Banzai. Buckaroo Banzai. Adventurer, brain surgeon, and rock musician, Buckaroo Banzai and his crime-fighting team, the Hong Kong Cavaliers, must stop evil alien invaders from the Eighth Dimension who are planning to conquer the Earth. Ooh, was that like a, a fucking Siri app reading that for you? <laughs> <laughs> it was no. Siri. It was uh, a friend of a friend of a friend. I'll just say that. My niece, V, reading the synopsis. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Very professional. Yeah, I was saying it's very professional, you know. Funny, like it, it does sound like when you would when I used to call like Lakers Cinema and you'd have to wait for like <laughs> the movies to roll through. Yeah. It's like playing at seven ten fifty you know, seven ten PM and yeah. going to like the it's all Man, like pretty awesome. Oh, oh that's awesome. Thank you for that. All right. Thirty second challenge. I think the first one should go to Caesar in my opinion. Oh because yeah. I mean Man. this was your idea, brother. This was your idea. Are you like <laughs> You picked the film. <laughs> Is someone going to share a clock with me? Do I get to see uh, a clock? Yeah, I can see a clock. I can give you a clock. Can I share? Okay. Let's see. I should be able to share the screen here. Yeah, you, you should be able to. Yeah. All right. Let's try this oh, out man. really quick. Uh, <clears throat> this is going to be fun. All right. Can you see? Can you see that? Great. Five minutes. Five That's minutes. Perfect. No. You got five minutes. <laughs> No, the stopwatch. You ready? Five minutes for a 30 seconds. <laughs> All right. Caesar can see it. I'm going to count on three. <clears throat> One, two, three. 
All right, Buckaroo Banzai is basically about the coolest person you could ever imagine. He's a neurosurgeon. He's a rock star. He is a martial arts expert, and he is also uh, an adventurer. Uh, he performs at nightclubs, and at the same time, he takes on aliens. And he also um, has this cool group of misfits that hang with him while they fight uh, alien invaders. That is like the craziest plot I could give you uh, for Buckaroo Banzai. Time. Wow. Wow. Impressive. Perfect. Yeah. I like that. That's good. All right. Not as good as mine. (laughs) Dude, yours is amazing. I could try the description. Different years will live on in infamy. Let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that was really good, Caesar. That was really good. Why don't you go ahead and start us off and, like, you know, why why do you like this film? Because, like, you picked this is one of your picks. So. Yeah, it's like the more yeah. more I watch it, the more I fall in love with it because it's just so crazy, dude. It's like Peter Weller uh, is just like the coolest cat. Basically, um, after watching it more, too, it seems like they try to keep a feel of serialized comic book character in it because you have like the Blue Blazers who are like the people that help out Buckaroo Banzai. You know, like they're regular everyday people, you know. And like they can be like, oh, we're right here. Blue Blazer reporting number so and so. Yeah, we see uh, what happened over here. We saw the meteor crash and they like they're helping him out. But he's also like a freaking rock star. And like they even show they <laughs> like briefly show those things in the movie. Like uh, they show him performing brain surgery. They show him, you know, performing at a club. Uh, they show him doing the rocket car, you know, um, test at the beginning. It's just like, what can't this dude do, basically? And it's just like the most absurd thing uh, with really young actors at that time, but pretty famous people now. Uh, when you think about like yeah. Peter Weller, yeah. Christopher Lloyd Paul. is in there. John Lithgow. Yes. Yeah, in there. Yeah. Uh, John Ellen Barkin is in there. Um, Jeff Goldblum. You know, it's like oh, all yeah. these people are in there and all <laughs> dressed like the costumes are crazy. crazy characters. The, yeah. yeah. The, the plot is crazy. It's just a, to me, it's just a, the more times I watch it, it's like, it's almost like something that they're like, let's see what we can do and let's just do it. Yeah. They filmed it. They did. <laughs> that's so, yeah, and that's fucking I think that's a, I, I think that's a they figured out the story later. Yeah. Wait, which is that then they figured out the story later? Yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, I feel like that's the way that's the way I felt too. Anyone else have any strong opinions about this uh, movie? I, I liked I, it. I got I have to admit one thing. I remember you know, Buckaroo, the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, and I yeah. remember having the intention of watching it, and but I, I'm drawing a blank. Wow. And okay. and I didn't rewatch it, but I'm drawing a blank at it. <laughs> e- even with even with Caesar's awesome synopsis. Yeah. I I, I it it's just I don't know. Okay. All right. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw it, but yeah. I don't remember it. So did it make an impact? Maybe not. No, who knows? Who knows? Box office says no, but <laughs> cult following says yes. <laughs> true, man. Totally true. It's like yeah. uh, I'll just say real quick, like at the end of the film, you know, spoilers. Good, I and mean, that's really great that you said it at the beginning, Oscar, um, of the episode, because at the end of the film, you can obviously see they had like planned to have sequels, right? Yeah, yeah, it definitely looked that way. So, they did. They're all doing doing their strut. It's, it's literally on the screen too. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. So, is there any fun fact that why they didn't have any sequels? 
I'm guessing um, you guys didn't make money, but yeah, yeah I mean, the, the, it's it's more of like it. Unfortunately, it just was more of a box office flop. Unfortunately, like the studio right. just realized it just wasn't that big of a movie as 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 it was expected to be. So, but so um, just like everything else, it, it's it's where the money goes or, yeah. or where the money doesn't go. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately. Although what's really funny is that um, Gene Siskel, like I think it was that show at the movies, he predicted that it would be a cult classic, and it did turn out to be that way. And that was like in nineteen. Ah. I can't remember what year that was, but he did say well, it. it has all the makings of one. <laughs> yeah, this is actually my first time watching it. To be honest, I've heard right, about it so much, like for years now, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just never watched it for whatever reason. And so when I was on the list, I was like, "Oh, I checked it out finally." And um. You got to even know that Peter Weller was in it. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. seeing him like doing neurosurgery and rocking. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got all these, this cast of alien characters who all named John. What's <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> funny is that God, even yeah. some of the faces actually look like their uh, human counterparts that yeah. they uh, portray or mimic. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the guy with his droopy eyes. I can't remember. I don't know his name and uh, the actor's name, but you, you guys don't see him. And I seen him like, oh yeah. wow, he actually looks like the alien that they, that they got portraying him. And they got the guy doing the Jamaican, the Jamaican guy doing the voice. I'm like, why, why yeah. is this happening? Yeah, <laughs> John Paca. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the secretary. I'm like, what's going on here? Uh-huh. I mean, it was pretty funny. Okay. That is moments. Uh, can't be fun. Uh, 80s movie to the max. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Scott, do you have any additional thoughts on this? Yeah, I put off watching it for the longest time because looking at the cover, I thought Peter Weller was, uh, what's that guy's name I mentioned, Caesar? Paul Reiser. He looks like oh, Paul Reiser. Oh, yeah. Right. His haircut, and I was like, fuck that. Yeah. So then I finally got around to watching it when I realized it was Peter Weller and like everything Ephraim and Caesar said. It's so much weird shit. It's hard to watch mm-hmm. it. Not like it's bad. But it's everything in it is distracting, and you don't know what in the fuck they're gonna do next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the main the main thing I see is like this guy's the first internet station. Like he don't even need the fucking internet. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> he's, true. He's got a whole cult yeah. of followers, and yeah, he transcended the internet basically. Buckaroo. He's the coolest dude on the planet. Yeah, that's what yeah. it seems like. Yeah, this guy's like on like level one hundred for coolness, and like yes. everyone knows about him, and like he can do just about anything. So and that's the whole coolest part. Is like nobody hates him. Yeah, no, nobody's got no haters. Yeah, he's got. Is no he haters. the is he the Ferris Bueller of sci-fi? Basically, <laughs> yeah, it's a good way. But it's definitely, it's a good way, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, because he's got like a direct line to the president too, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I remember laughing about John Lithgow a lot. I just watched it for the first time a couple months ago. Yeah. Yeah, that I, threw me for a loop when I seen it. I was like, I was like who is it? This John Lithgow? Holy crap. Yeah, it's yeah. so hard to be crazy, and it, it worked for me, man. Yeah. He Christopher Lloyd, like too, man. A failed supervillain, basically. Yeah. Pretty much, mm-hmm. yeah. It was cool. Yeah. I'd have to say, like, very quickly, like, I was just happy to see Jeff Goldblum, John Lithgow, and Christopher Lloyd, like, in the same movie. I thought that was great. Cowboy Jeff Goldblum? Yeah. yeah Dude, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I I, think the quirkiest character is by far John Lithgow, who plays Lord John Horfin oh, sure. and Dr. Emilio Horfin. Lizardo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, 
the like, lizard man. Yeah, the lizard man. But then after like watching this movie, I like read about it, and it seems that some there were some ad lib moments by Christopher Lloyd mm-hmm. that made John Lithgow like break character, and some of those <laughs> moments are actually like they were actually captured on film. So if you pay attention to like when they're on the screen together, like you can see that. Um, as far as like a quick review, like I, 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 I agree. Like it's this movie to me was a little bit hard to follow. And I think it's just because it's, it's just a strange movie. There's a strange collection of characters, a strange terminology. It seems like they referenced a book titled uh, the crying lot of 49. And it's just, it's overtly quirky and uh, most of the time. So I can see why it's considered a cult film since it does break away from a lot of like mainstream films, but didn't really I didn't really dig the style and like the plot of this movie because there was just so much going on and so much things I didn't really understand. And um, I think I was like reading like other reviews about it. And one of them I came across, I think it like perfectly summed it up. It says it's easy to see the appeal with its loopy characters, its loopy plot and its loopy dialogue. It's just a shame <laughs> that there's not more lurking underneath all that surface quirk. So like I think there could have been a lot more stuff revealed. And I think that was the intention because mm-hmm. I think the, the director wanted something more a bit like an Indiana Jones type of style adventure mm-hmm. uh, on a sci-fi level. But I think it's true. Like there's a lot of quirkiness and there's below that there's not a lot that really drives the plot in my opinion. There's just so much terminology term, terminology you get lost in. So I could see why it, it's it's a cult following, but I can see why it also like bombed at the box office. So that's my take on it. So basically, very superficial. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say it's like superficial. I just think that it, you know, the just on the surface level, like yeah, like there the the quirkiness of it just really stands out. So like as far as like does it dive as deep and like the like a really deep lineage like Star Wars? No, like it it doesn't have that sort of. Uh, you know, like depth to it, but so yeah. I mean, it's. It, I don't think it's surf like too superficial on a on a bad level. I just think there could yeah. have been more. I think their intention was to have more, but it just didn't come out that way. I think that's why it's got such a cult following, though, because of that. That's like the you know double edged sword of that you know movie. Yeah. Because like you you kind of wanting more, but at the same time it has so much in it that you're grasping at what to want. Yeah. If, if that makes sense. Like, what do I do with all this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm watch it. There, there's too you much know, to choose from. Yeah, I yeah. think there is. I think that's I the think problem. I think actually, like, uh, probably about five, it might have been five years ago, and I could be wrong. Um, if he ever listens to this, I'm sorry, Kevin Smith, but I think he was actually, <laughs> he, he did a pilot for a TV show for a new oh, version oh. of this. Okay. And ah. I don't know what ended, what ended up happening with it, but. Yeah, like they've been trying to go back to that property to bring it, you know, modernize it. And I think there's just been rumors and stuff like rewrites and nothing's actually ever materialized. But because it 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 seems like they tried to, you know, lay the groundwork, even in the movie where they show comic books of Buckaroo Banzai. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or they show like, um, you know, the bus that they actually do tour and do rock shows, which is insane. So it's like. Yeah. those things and who knows what they would have done if they actually got to make the sequel that they wanted to make but was jason um, lee gonna be buckaroo jason lee <laughs> jason <laughs> lee. that's so funny no idea no idea um <laughs> he's funny like that yeah he is yeah i could see that but, I could see yeah that. It's, it's it's definitely a crazy flick man it's, it's something unique as well kind of like um I'm not going to say it has the same social connotations like Repo Man, but it's unique from the <laughs> 80s. You know? Yeah. Definitely. All right. Do you want to lead us through the uh, the body count? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I told Oscar, he's like, man, 
what's the body count on this and it's like uh, i don't know i can't find it <laughs> yeah it's you actually have to kind of dig and it's like it's depending on who you ask or what you see or what you look at um actually watching it i i counted 10 so okay sorry i didn't let go. anybody guess i'm gonna go with <laughs> 13 13 <laughs> i'm gonna throw my i'm gonna throw my name in the ring anyways <laughs> Yeah, I know. I was trying to recall like how many like aliens got shot and stuff like that, but I was like, I can't recall everything. So, but yeah, you did the hard yeah, work. Yeah, I know it wasn't a whole lot. Ten. He says about ten total. I'm not going <laughs> off screen because you guys got mad at me last time for the off screen. <laughs> I even mad at you for off screen. I like the off screens. I think it was just a surprise when we heard like Robocop had like 50. a bajillion off screen kills. <laughs> oh man! Oh my god! Nice. You got any uh, fun facts, or do you want me to go through those? Go ahead. Yeah, see uh, what you got. Cool. All right, I'm going to run through these really quickly. There's four of them I have here. It says the first choice for the title character, Buckaroo, was a young Tom Hanks, but he was in a, but he was in TV at the time, and they could not convince the executives in charge that he was a movie guy. The second choice was actually Michael Keaton, um, but him and his people did not oh. want to sign a three-picture deal. Raul is out on that one for sure. I, I include <laughs> that one specifically for our role. That was for you, Raul. That was specifically for you. Number two, John Thanks. Lithgow, looking for inspiration for his character, uh, for his character's accent, found an Italian tailor with a voice he loved so much that he had him record lines so he could mimic the sound for his role. He later insisted that the man received credit in the movie, so he is credited as Mr. Lithgow's dialect coach. That's pretty funny. Wow. Yeah. Number three, many of the cast and crew recall that they didn't fully understand the movie when reading the <laughs> script, and many admittedly still do not, but thought the movie felt like an Indiana Jones-style adventure. I'd be one of those people right there. And uh, last, the final, the final classic end credits scene shot in L.A., in an L.A. basin was shot six months after filming. It was believed the mm -hmm. film needed a more epic ending. Did anyone sit through that? Through the end? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I didn't. I was like, do 10 do seconds. Do I was like, do the music. I, I fast forward after like a couple minutes. Like, okay, are they going anywhere with this? Or? Yeah. Oh I love Perfect gosh. Tommy. I'll just put that out there. That dude, Lewis Smith, I think the actor, he's awesome. He was in yeah, uh, he was, the Heavenly oh, Kid. Yeah, he was like cool. Yeah. Band two. I was trying to remember where I seen him at. And yeah, like you said, Heavenly Kid. I guess he was in um, White Earp. I saw his. Yeah, he was. He was in White Earp. Yeah, I think I he was also in uh, Django. I think he had a part in Django. Mm. Nice. Okay. All right. Well, um, that wraps up. I got one last one last oh, yeah, thing yeah. to Go add. Ahead, Sorry. Um, the director W. D. Richter. He he was more of a screenwriter before he actually directed films. He actually one of the screenwriters for Big Trouble in Little China, which I love. So I just want oh. to put that out oh, Yeah. Nice. Crazy like right. this one. Yeah crazy yeah for sure that's true all right all right and that wraps up this amazing wildly story of the adventures of buckaroo bonsai across the eight dimensions so if you haven't seen it check it out uh, and hopefully you give it a thumbs up if not that's cool you know it's all good moving on to the next film we have back to the future from 1985 we got a little synopsis okay. there synopsis, synopsis by v by v again here we go back to the future Marty McFly, a 17-year-old high school student, is accidentally sent 30 years into the past in a time-traveling DeLorean, invented by his close friend, the eccentric scientist, Doc Brown. Doc Brown. Great yeah. Scott, Marty. <laughs> Great Marty. Scott, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who gets the 30-second challenge this time? I did mine. That's right. I'll do this one. 
That's Raul. Oh yeah. I don't think Raul's done one though. No, yeah, you're right. But if Ephraim likes this, movie. yeah, Ephraim wants to do it. Yeah. Oh, well, Ephraim, did you go prepare ahead, for this please. one? Did you prepare? Ephraim wants this to redeem one? himself. No, it's just that I would have a better one for this than Alien because I didn't get a chance to recap on Aliens this week. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing it honest. smart. He's playing it smart. You know. All right. I want to get a. Uh... I'll yeah. I'll get <laughs> you. Uh, I'll get you. Oh, another Tron segment. Are you ready, Ephraim? Sure. All right. One, two, three, go. Okay, so Marty McFly, seventh-year-old high school student, uh, has a funny scientist friend, Doc Brown, who has figured out time travel. And throughout, throughout the way, uh, <laughs> apparently I didn't prepare. Marty gets sent back 30 years. He uh, messes up some things with his parents, and now he's trying to figure out a way to make sure that his parents end up together so that he does not get removed from the future. Time. Nice you, you got it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, that's awesome. That's oh, That was amazing. Oh, Can I go man. back in time and fix that, please? <laughs> <laughs> you could. You could try. Oh, that's my okay. gosh. That's so funny. So, um... That's great. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, just go ahead, guys. Like, I mean, this is this movie. I, yeah, turned thirty-five years old. Really, yeah. yeah so go ahead. Start us off. Um, I just want to say something real quick. Has anyone like? I'm sure we've seen this movie. I can't even count how many times I've seen it. I love Back to the Future. Right. But has anyone really thought like, how did Marty and Doc become friends? They made yeah, I wanted that myself actually. It's like Breaking Bad. Yeah, they don't explain it. Like, <laughs> there's no family friend plot or anything like that or school like a teacher nothing like that at all he just knew him mm-hmm. yeah i haven't really it was thought destiny. about that, to be honest yeah destiny destiny it was destiny they were destined to know each other and be friends because My- they, they 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 bounce around uh the t- time you know continuum mm-hmm. so much maybe they met in the future <laughs> before any of this shit ever happened and doc brown just befriended him <laughs> True. Yeah. maybe i'm 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 of the mind that like Doc Brown was running out of the gas station and he needed help with something like changing a tire. And, you know, Marty was there and that's how they became friends. <laughs> something go. stupid like that. Yeah. And they're like, come back to my garage. I got to show you something. Can we add that to the canon? Can we just like go ahead? And- <laughs> <laughs> that's the prequel. That's the prequel universal to try to sell. There you go. Uh, who is this? Um, Zemeckis that directed yeah. this? Zemeckis? Yeah. Robert Zemeckis. Zemeckis. Yeah. Yeah. I heard he I mean, like, I- shuts everyone down hard. Oh really? <laughs> Whenever they talk about remaking it or a sequel or anything, he's like, "Nope." Oh, I was like, "No, don't nope. touch it. Do not." Yeah, I wouldn't want anybody to. Yeah, yeah. I think. Especially. For... Go ahead. Well, you know who is not allowed to touch anything in my book? Who? Tim what director? Tim. <laughs> you wouldn't Tim want Burton. a Tim Burton Back to the Future? No, <laughs> Come on, no. that's the one where they are killing that. Yeah. that was one way to ruin it. I mean. Really guarantee it's it's demise. I want to see that now, Saturday Night. You can have Johnny Depp as uh, Marty McFly. Yeah, Yeah. Johnny Depp as Marty McFly. Yeah. (laughs) Michael (laughs) Keaton plays Doc Brown. Michael Keaton. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, Dan DeVito. No, who who would play like Dan DeVito? Who would Dan DeVito play? Who would play Biff in Tim Burton's? uh, Oh, that's a good one. Oh my gosh, Biff. That guy. Uh, It'll be uh, Anthony Michael Hall. There you go. Um, okay. <laughs> good, like he was in Edward Scissorhands. You know, yeah. and, and the the mom would be Elizabeth Bonham. 
Oh, Lizzie oh, Bonham yeah. Carter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She would. Yeah. That would be the mom. That was a Helen Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, oh that's right. Helen, Helen, Helen. Gosh, yeah. I'm, sometimes I just mess up those names. Yeah. And then, and then uh, uh, they would have to bring it. in like Winona Ryder somehow. Yeah. Be the girlfriend. Oh no, she's. So we're I'm recasting sure. Tim Burton's Back to the Future, but you know, in all honesty, like, <laughs> is there a movie cooler than Back to the Future? Like, as far as eighties sci-fi goes, is that, it like that was really pretty cool. one? No, I mean that's a pretty that's a pretty top top mark in my opinion. You know, I mean this movie's like yeah. thirty five years old now. It's yeah. thirty six. That was crazy. It's so, so good, man. I don't think it's that cool. No. Oh, like, like to say like there's no nothing better. I like the more gritty ones, like Aliens and shit like that. Well, that's probably just a matter of taste, ice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a bad it's a little, movie. By no, 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 different I, genre I just understand where you're coming from. Yeah, it was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I, that's what I mean. Like, it's just a fun movie to me. It's still fun. It's just like yeah. that whole yeah traveling through time, high schooler, trying to fuck parents. your mom. Oh my god. <laughs> well, no. Well, mom was tries. trying to make yeah. on Marty. She kissed him. She's the one who's trying to like Yeah, that's true. Lorraine is yeah. the one who's like, hey Calvin, getting all like hot <laughs> Calvin. You know? yeah. He's true. the one who's just like can't can't contain herself. So but no, I mean I, I agree. I think this movie is just it does have a cool factor to it. And I think after like 35 it years, it's still a genuinely like entertaining film. With like super memorable characters, imaginative, imaginative, like plot progression, and then you peppered in with some comedy, and just like a great musical score. Like I think the last time I saw this movie, like just a couple days ago, I really noticed how important music is in this movie. Like the way oh, that it oh, accents, sure. Huey Lewis. Yeah, Duh, the way that it yeah. just accents, um, like certain points in the <clears throat> film, like surprises, problems, solutions, excitement. Uh, yeah there's just so many there's just so many things that just make this movie such a fun ride in my opinion i have a i have a 10 year old nephew and he loves this movie like he sings like the theme song like randomly when he's playing with his toys his mom actually gave him like an actual like delorean car and it like lights up and everything and he loves it he just loves he just loves it so much and it's it's just it's a to me it's a very memorable movie and I'll have mm-hmm. to say that, like, I think my favorite character watch, uh, after watching this movie several times has to be George McFly, both young and Crispin old. Crispin Glover? Yeah, Crispin Glover. He's awesome in this, man. Yeah. I think he's only in the first one, though. Like, there's a whole uh, thing about, didn't he have there's a whole thing about with, him, yeah, yeah. the director. Yeah. 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 Like, he's just, he's quirky, he's creative. You know, he's obviously, he's not super confident, but, like, he has the most important transformation out of all the characters, in my opinion. Um, Absolutely. Oh yeah. And so, well, it's, Marty it's McFly a, was yeah. the same character throughout the whole movie, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so George, yeah, he really had the progression of being a bubbling buffoon from the beginning, just scared of you know Biff, and yeah. As the movie went on, he, well, with the help of his son, obviously, yeah, helped him become uh, unafraid of the antagonist. Yeah. Yeah. I think also I think also too what's interesting about this movie in comparison to like newer films is that like Marty is our hero, but Marty in my opinion, he's already cool. He's got he's got like yeah. he's got is he cool? Clothes. I think I, I, I think what? he is. Uh, I think he's not, over he tripping people in the past. Cool. <laughs> I mean yeah. look at that scene. Is it, but is it cool to hang out with the quirky old guy in the garage? That's what I'm saying. It's like I, I, I don't think that's cool. he's got like the coolest toys. He's got like the yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? But no, I guess what I'm saying is like From he a does. Kid's perspective. He's well, cool. I mean, he's 17. I mean, he's like he's close to an adult and stuff like viewer wise. Like who's viewing it as a kid? You're watching it, and Marty's pretty cool. I think so. Echo. I thought so. Yeah. yeah. Like I think I, I think, think he as an adult, yeah. he's got okay. problems. He, he's borderline. <laughs> yeah. To me, he's borderline because he's as a kid. Even as a kid, you're like, oh, but he's getting in trouble. Like he's he's like the bad boy type cool. But then even when he's yeah. uh, he's in you know school, he's got to deal with like another bully, which is uh, Strickland, right? Kind of yeah, even yeah. Like, works More at the bros. school. So it's like, I think I, I get what you're saying. He's cool. And um, like, I love Marty in the film, definitely. But my favorite yeah. character in the film is Tom Wilson's Biff, dude. I love Biff, like, <laughs> throughout all the iterations. But yeah. like, his like his stupid lines that he just like says make oh, like yeah. a tree and get out of here like you can't <laughs> say it right you know yeah and he thinks he's saying it oh, right man. but he's yeah yeah and it's just hilarious like the comedy that comes from tom wilson man yeah. um, you really grow to hate that guy oh yeah and, <laughs> and like back so that's, to that he came off as rapey <laughs> yeah he did yeah. try to rape his mom <laughs> yeah, yeah basically. basically yeah and that's true I mean, we could do a whole episode on just the trilogy oh. because it's it's yeah. like, you know, it was planned that way. But the first film definitely is, it's to me, it's a modern day classic, even though it's already 35 years old. But yeah, I know. There's nothing else like it, I don't think. No, I could see that. I think, like I said, it definitely stands out. And I think that's why it still holds up to this day. Like, I mean, like there's Transformers making like, you know, an, an action figure based yeah. on the 35th anniversary of the DeLorean and stuff like that, or the movie itself, right. you know? Yeah. So that, it, it definitely holds up in, in so many different ways. And there's so many things. Figure in there's the a comic, comic too. Is yeah. that figure from the comic? Yeah, it's the same one that they use in the comic crossover. They, they dropped a comic crossover too to kind of go along with the 35th anniversary uh, wow. toy that they released. Yeah, that's cool. And Ruben read the story and he told me the uh, spoiler in it. So, oof. You guys want to know what it is? Sure. Why not? Go ahead. Uh, All right, go ahead. The DeLorean, his name's Gigawatt, right? As a Transformer. Yeah. And he's right. a Decepticon. Oh. oh. <laughs> <Plot> <laughs> twist. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, no, like Luke in Star Wars. Yeah. He finds out his father's Vader. That's no. That does suck because he looks cool. Yeah, he does. Yeah, but you know, I I got the I got the figure the other day, and like I oh, looked nice. at it. Nice. I looked at it, and I'm like, this guy looks mean. Like, why is he upset? Makes sense. <laughs> now. Uh, now, see, now you know. Makes sense. Nice. That's dope. <laughs> the mystery has been solved. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. All right, does anybody else have any final thoughts about this movie? Just before we, before I, we get, like, yeah, go ahead. I like the way Marty's trip back in time, like Ephraim said. Mm-hmm. It, his influence on his dad as a young man changes his dad's future so much. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you gotta be—he's gotta be proud of that. It's like the best part of the movie for me. Oh yeah, because he yeah. sees his dad's like struggling and he's getting punked out just like Marty is. Yep. Right. And then he gets home and it's like fuck Biff. Yeah. 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 I mean, honestly, no. dude, like that—that uh, that is like the. You know, you said spoilers at the beginning, but like this, the scene where they're playing the dance and Marty, you know, they're playing Earth Angel. Like, I know Earth Angel because of Back to the Future. Like, yeah. who? That's an old <laughs> song from the 50s, right? That I would yeah. never know if it yeah. wasn't for Back to the Future. 
And then, like, right after that, he plays Johnny B. Good. And, like, that's just, like, an awesome part of the movie. Yeah. He's doing it in the past because he tried to audition in the future and it didn't work out. Yeah, Yeah. I could do this. Like, you know, everyone's dancing until he he goes full, like, solo twisted sister (laughs) at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, definitely a memorable scene, in my opinion, for sure. Yeah. Uh, For this one, we didn't have, uh, we didn't do body count. I did come up with something. Do you want me to, I'm going to just go ahead and see if it uh, if people can answer. You guys ready? Yeah, so sure. we don't have a body count for this one. But I will ask this question, see if anybody can guess. And the question is, how many times does the DeLorean engine fail in Back to the Future? Hmm. Oh. Like, makes failing sounds or, like, just, like, doesn't turn on? Doesn't run. Doesn't turn on. Okay. I I'm guess say three times. Three, yeah. Ooh, I'll go. Okay. With, yeah. All right. I'll back Anyone that up with three. Yeah. Anyone else? I'll go with two. two. One. One. Okay. The, the correct answer is three. It's three times. Mm. So the, I'll, I'll list them out here. The first time is after he drives away from old man Peabody Farm. The second time is when he's trying right. to drive toward the wire hung to capture the bolt and the lightning. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And the third time is when he arrives back in 1985, and that's when he has to run to. The pine. Oh, okay. So, yeah, oh, that's that one. right. Yeah. So, yeah, nobody count this time, guys. It's a family film. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> <laughs> to some degree. How many times did Biff get poop on him, though? I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> did you guys catch that Billy Zane is one of the guys? One of the. Yeah, yeah, I did. I was like, is that Billy Zane? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, my dude from Tales from the Crypt. Loved it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. The fans anniversary of that movie yesterday. <laughs> What'd you say? Tales from the Crypt? The uh, Demon Knight. Yeah. Yeah. It was the anniversary of Demon Knight's release. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. nice. I love okay. Demon Knight. Awesome movie. That is a great movie. Yeah, it was cool. Oh. All right. Jumping into fun facts. All right. Fun facts. I got I got another five of them, so I'll just run right to them. First one, the Back to Future script was rejected more than 40 times. Jeez. Yeah. Movies really? about time travel don't make a lot of money, they said. And also, it's too nice. We want something raunchier. Like Porky's. Wow. <laughs> Serious? Like Porky's? Yeah, that's what like they said. Porky's. Wow. But funny thing is, uh, they, they dictate the script to Disney. <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and they said, are you insane? You've got the kid and the mother in his car. It's incest. This is Disney. It's too dirty for us. Bye-bye, Disney. Oh, wow. wow. Makes yeah. sense, though. Number yeah. three, in the early drafts of Back to the Future, the time machine was made out of an old refrigerator. It was going to be considered a time chamber, and Doc Brown had to carry it on the back of his truck. Wow, I'm glad that didn't happen. I like thought you were going to say carry it on his back. I was like, God. Yeah, that's it was like a Doctor Who artist type of thing. Pretty much. Uh, pretty a book much. bag? Yeah, like that's a book crazy. bag. Number four, Doc Brown originally had a pet chimpanzee in Back to the Future, but the head of Universal at the time was anti-chimpanzee, and he says, I looked it up, he, t- he told somebody, he says, no movie with the chimpanzee ever made any money. Done. No chimpanzee, we get a dog. <laughs> <laughs> And the last one, Tom Wilson, who played Biff, now uh, carried around a card that answered every Back to the Future fan's most frequently asked questions. So I guess he would get asked a lot of questions when people see him on the street. And you get tired yeah, he'd just like hand out a card. Like, here you go. Here's all the most, the, like an FAQ. Boom. And he just give that to people who would like come up to him. So he was tired of answering funny. questions. Leave me alone. That is pretty wow. funny. Well, he was a jerk in real life. 
I, I mean, he just got like, tired of things. Can you imagine, like, still being asked at 35 years later? Hey, well, he made the song about it and everything, right? Yeah, I think he, I think, um, he was, uh, I saw him one time, like, on the billboard for Zany's Comedy Club. He, he does stand up every yeah, once in a while. Yeah, he does stand up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he gets asked a lot about, like, talking about Back to the Future. So, oh, man. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, that's Back to the Future, guys. That's a good one. Did right you guys, there. uh, cool. did you guys catch Huey Lewis as the guy, as a judge when they're doing auditions? Yes. Oh. Yeah, he was one of yeah. the judges. Oh, there. He was one of the judges. <clears throat> yeah, he's the one he? with the, I'm sorry, guys. You're just too darn loud. And then he, oh. he stops him. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's Huey funny. Lewis. That's yeah. funny. Oscar's That's funny. like, who is Huey Lewis? Yeah. No, <laughs> I like old school fuck music. Is Huey Lewis. <laughs> and then I got another one. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, Jeff Goldblum was considered the, for the role, too, of Doc Brown. Wow. I don't know that. That could have be been funny. interesting. That would have been interesting. <laughs> Just the way he talks and everything, he's like the perfect yeah. person for it. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. He's always himself, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't act his characters, he just plays himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah this guy, still, he did the same act as the cabbie from Taxi or whatever the from hell. The taxi, show was. yeah, from the old show. He was oh, always yeah. on, he was always uh, like high on something. Yeah, Chris <laughs> him and Marty were selling meth. I still think that. <laughs> <clears throat> throughout time. <laughs> Possible. That's the best kind of meth. Mm-hmm. Time oh meth. Gosh. Aged. 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 <laughs> oh you've gosh. got the, 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 the clear uh, uh, contemporary meth, and you've got the old uh, yellow golden meth. Dilithium crystals. They're smoking it. <laughs> Dilithium <laughs> crystals? <laughs> what? <laughs> is that from Land of the Lost? What is that's, that from? That's from that's Star, from Star Trek. Trek. That's oh, the there fuel. you go. There you go. <clears throat> oh, my God. That's that's crush them up uh, mm-hmm. and, and freebase them? Yep. Could, you use, could, could, you, could the doc use them as fuel for the DeLorean? He goes, I need fuel. Yeah, like Worf. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It would oh be. That's funny. That's funny. What about the uh, ending of that film? Does it does that stick with everybody? Yeah. For, yeah. When they yeah. fly away. Oh my gosh. Fly away. Oh, that was so always, awesome, especially as a kid. Yeah. yeah. That's like, I always think of the burning the garbage to run the car and then it flies off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Some banana peels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the beer can, he just tosses it in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just I love it when like they're all in the car and he's like and then Doc is like where well, we're going we don't need any roads and then he puts on these glasses which you're like how you look how yeah. can you see this? but whatever yeah. and then like they just you know it like goes away and then it comes back I told Caesar it gave me this a very similar feeling when I saw the ending or like when I saw Batman Begins but the ending where like Batman flies down and then flies into the screen and it just turns to black mm. and it just like the crescendo of the music I was like same thing <laughs> same idea same visual. And I was like, and at the end of the movie of Back to the Future, I was like, yes, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is yeah. like, if anyone told me what universe, if you could be part of any universe in, in like <clears> a movie, <throat> I would want to be part of the Back to the Future universe. I would love to be like time traveling with Doc and like just meeting all those characters and living in that world. I would love, yeah. like, that's how much I, w- I like this movie. So, yeah, that's the end dope. totally sticks with me. Yeah. Nice. All right. I, I, I used to have a friend. A friend of a friend who actually had a DeLorean. Wow. And once you went over a certain, I mean, it was, it's funny because he would say mm-hmm. that <laughs> if, if you, no, you, you'd go uh, like over 50. Yeah. And the, the, the gold wing doors would like tend to like pop out. Oh, oh. oh. 
Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, so kind, kind of fun fact that it wasn't... Sounds safe. Yeah, <laughs> very they, unsafe car. Would they bump <laughs> like they're going to come open? They would open. No, they, no they'll, they'll like bump. Still yeah. scary. Would, yeah. would be That's latched. Uh-huh. But, uh, and they wouldn't completely open, but you could actually hear it go, you know. That car looks like a piece of shit, to be honest. I I like the design, but I'm sure it's a heavy car. And according to this friend of a friend of a friend, um, it wasn't a very good car. Yeah. No, I don't think it it didn't do too well. Not to be a dick, but it looks foreign. <laughs> I mean that dude, uh like DeLorean, the guy that made the car, there's a like a docu, you know, fake like movie docu- about John, him. John John DeLorean. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever have you guys ever seen it? I think uh, Alec Baldwin actually plays him in that movie. No. Yeah, it's like about how they framed him he got being a drug dealer. <laughs> yeah. But it's just it's a crazy story. Um Yeah, but that's probably he that was the only car he ever made. So yeah, you know. yeah. He actually, he, nah, yeah. <laughs> he actually like wrote a note to the director or like the the people like part of the staff of the Back to the Future is like, hey, thanks for keeping the dream alive because you know they use the car and the DeLorean. So yeah, yeah. You know. Unfortunately, yeah, they, that guy didn't have like the greatest like outcome after with <laughs> with other yeah. things too. But you know. it's an iconic car, though, right? It is a very iconic car. For sure. yeah. yeah, everybody knows now, it is. Now it is. It's like. Yeah. <clears throat> Like Kit or you know the Ghostbusters car, it's just a memorable cinematic yeah. vehicle. Like I would drive Kit. I wouldn't yeah. have anything to do with the DeLorean. It it looks yeah. cool in the movie, but I wouldn't want to like roll in one. Oh man, I, I, I would drive one around. I, I would. I would, man. I'd rock that thing. Know. It's like the guy from. Um, you guys ever see the Wedding Singer? When, yeah. Uh, <laughs> drives around the DeLorean. Yeah. He's bumping Miami Vice. Miami Vice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The DeLorean was fucking cool because it's like uh-huh. because of that, you know, people just wanted to be in it. But yeah, I'd look fucking stupid coming out of that thing. Though. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Donkey oh, Kong man. getting out of that shit. <laughs> have you guys have you guys been to the uh Volo Museum in Illinois? Yeah. 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 Like I have not. I, I've driven past it, but I've never gone into it. If you go in there, they have like a lot of cars from like movies, and one of them is the yeah. DeLorean. Like they have um the DeLorean. They have the Batmobile, the Tim Burton Batmobile. Roll, are you interested? Uh, <laughs> no, I can get you I free tickets, homie. It was, was okay. You fucking lied to me. Okay. I thought the real Batmobile was at Six Flags. Oh my <laughs> god! Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it could be a replica. From what I understand, yeah. it's it's uh you know it's there. So they got other like old school like vehicles there. I think they had a Ghostbusters uh, Ecto One there. Yeah, too, I think they had the Ecto One there too. Yeah, I'd look cool. better in the Ecto One. Yeah, you know, the, the Tim Burton Batmobile wasn't wasn't so bad. Oh, there you go. Your heart's right. softening. Right. I like that. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Right. Well, that wraps up um, Back to the Future. We're gonna move on to the next movie, and this one comes from 1986. This is uh, Aliens. We got a little synopsis Aliens. gonna play here. And here we go from the lovely V. Aliens. 57 years after surviving an apocalyptic attack aboard her space vessel by merciless space creatures, Officer Ripley awakens from hypersleep and tries to warn anyone who will listen about the Predators. Damn, that Ripley's quick like shit about Ripley's on a mission. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we got a 30, <clears throat> 30 second wrap up. 
I think Raul, it's Raul, that, right? Raul's oh, yeah, it's Raul's oh, turn. Yeah. Oh, man, you you know. <laughs> oh, we got yeah. I, don't think I'm, I don't think I'm ready for this. Yeah, well, that's okay. Neither was Ephraim. So make something up, homie. All right, I, can you see the can you see the timer? I can. All right, I'm gonna count to three, and you're on three. You're gonna go one, two, three. Okay, so Ripley is part of a crew that I believe is a is on a mining mission, and they they go to this uh, planet where it's all deserted. And they wonder why, and then they figure out that it's because of these alien creatures, but there's one surviving human, and it's a little girl, and Ripley takes her under her wing and tries to adopt her and becomes her mom and fights aliens for it, and she calls the alien queen of time. <laughs> perfect. That's good. Nice. Oh, that's perfect. Good. That's good. Perfect. It's they tougher than it's tougher there. than you think. You think thirty seconds is a long yeah. time, you re- and you're like fifteen seconds in. You're like, oh shoot, that's it. <laughs> yeah. I barely one, got past. Like one word along the way, and it's, yeah, it's totally trips you. you know? Yeah. So you got to bullet point the whole thing. So no, that was that was good. That's that's a that tough challenge, good, that's for sure. But it's funny. It's funny to do. Oh my gosh! All right, guys. Well, I mean, like, who wants to kick this one off? This is. I mean, I love this movie, but I want to hear what you guys think about this. What about you, Sky? I know you love Aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this <clears> is my favorite room. one out of the originals before Covenant and Prometheus. Okay. Best part about it is there's multiple aliens, whereas in the first one it was always like it seemed like there was just one at a time stalking people, and there was a lot more time spent on the face hugger and examining mm-hmm. the guy that had been mm-hmm. bitten or face hugged. Mm-hmm. Right. So this one they got into it, and it was. Pretty sure that's the first time they showed the Colonial Marines. Yeah. Correct? Yeah, I believe yep. you're right. Yeah. Yep. And Hicks is actually Hicks. When I refer to Hicks, he's Hicks in this movie. So mm-hmm. I always like seeing Michael Bean. The main thing I remember was talking to Jerry. He mentioned mm-hmm. that when they remastered this following Prometheus, they worked the Titan ship into the background. Mm-hmm. And it kind of wrapped everything up. As far as any questions you have after Prometheus, you can okay. see like, that's where the ship went. And then you right. watch Covenant and you realize this That's is right. this is where the aliens came from, possibly originated after yeah. the crazy fuck made them. Right. Just overall, the movie, yeah. like Raul said, you just remember the climax, really. Mm-hmm. You know, there, yeah. there's not going to be many survivors. There's so many aliens. It's like a suicide mission to go in here. Yeah. And they're there yeah. to just investigate why, why the outposts, basically, or... It's a colony, right? Just yeah. went offline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Went off. Yep. Yep. And that shitty Whalen Yutani Corp is more interested in recovering an alien specimen than whatever had happened to the humans. Yeah, they just want a weapon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I couldn't yeah, Paul I couldn't Reiser, help that son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that dude. I'm mad about him. Oh. <laughs> he messed up Buckaroo Bonsai, then he <laughs> messes up aliens. Yep. Man. I'm mad about it. Oh my god. Uh dude, like Ever, you know, after we watched Blade Runner recently or talked about Blade Runner, like the whole outworld outpost thing, like stuck in my head from that, you know, because how it's supposed to kind of like how they said that they are uh, in the same universe, Blade Runner and aliens and, you know, the Yutani and Wayland and um, to a lesser extent, the Tyrell Corporation. So like that from the jump, it's kind of like the one thing that from the original sticks with you when. Ripley 
you know, realizes that Lance Henriksen's bishop character is a what do they call him? Uh, they, synthetic. They call him some, synthetic. Yeah, they, I think go. they call him synthetic. synthetic. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, "What the hell? Get just stay the hell away from me, bishop." Yeah, yeah. she hates him. Like, because yeah. the other one went crazy, right? In the first, yeah, first original film. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that's one of the coolest parts of that movie to me. The clone Marines are awesome. It's just like that whole, you know, space core, like these mm-hmm. badass dudes that go to different planets and deal with shit. Um, but I also think in this movie in particular, <laughs> the space, Who whispered the that? space force. <laughs> that was me. Could uh, be, I don't know. But I think it's, I also think that part is cool. It's just like the redeem, the redemption of the synthetic throughout that film, like how Bishop kind of shows yeah ripley that she can trust him you know yeah. and like he it's basically like saves their ass <laughs> because in the first yeah. one he's corrupted and he's the one trying to recover the alien specimen exactly right? exactly yeah you know, think that's coincidental because it's james cameron i don't know is it I don't yeah know. could be yeah. could be maybe just good storytelling but, i don't know yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i think um that's one of the things I really like about that film. Just Lance Henriksen's character, like the whole thing with the knife when he puts the hand in Bill Paxton's hand is oh, on the yeah. table. He's like, oh, man. Oh, yeah. And then he gets freaked out. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but I think that's cool. Like he, he literally does save them. Like, yeah. So. Yeah, he does. And pays the price for it. Yeah. Yeah, he gets torn in half. Yeah. That's a, vis- that's a crazy Fatality. vision right? when he gets torn in half and just like yeah. all the white stuff coming out. Yeah, you just see milk flying everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> it's like somebody yeah. tore down a milk and half. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like all the banter between the, like the Full Metal Jacket banter between all the Colonial Marines. Yeah, that's, that's the best part of them. With Kyle Reese. <laughs> What's it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kyle Reese is in there. I mean, is it, you know, yeah. Uh, who is it? Diaz is the uh, Latina that chick's name right. Diaz Va- Vasquez? No. Chavez. It's Vasquez. Vasquez. It's Vasquez. Vasquez. Damn, Vasquez, you're just too bad. <laughs> I always remember that. <laughs> and then oh, they give the high five. <laughs> Dude, that's one of the fun. To me, that's actually, I think that's the only funny part in the movie that I remember. But yeah, it's like Vasquez is doing like these pull-ups and Paxson is like, hey, has anyone ever confused you for a man? And then she fires back, no. Has anyone confused you for a man? And then Hicks, yeah. I think it's Drake. Drake is like, you're bad. Drake, yeah. And then yeah, like they like do like a little high five. And then after he says you're bad, she literally smacks him in the face with enough force to like just kind of shake his head. I'm just like, damn. But it, it looked more like a love tap. Like, are those t- are they together in that movie? Are they a boyfriend and girlfriend? Is it insinuated a boyfriend and girlfriend? It looks like they are. I can't remember. I, I don't know. I think they, they try to make it seem more like they were equals, not necessarily uh, like boyfriend and girlfriend. Just like, yeah, keep, you know, like boys, yo, you keep messing with me, you know, y'all slap guess, your ass in the yeah. face, you know, oh. like kind of put them in check. Psh- like uh yeah it was just really funny it was just really funny to me like when she smacked him i literally paused the movie and just started laughing i was like what the hell just happened and then when you don't hit them back that means they'll fuck you there you go (laughs) (laughs) and some rules man you guys don't know that Uh, happens in the space force i'm dead serious (laughs) oh my god dude i think the other part that's funny in that film is when bill paxton just starts freaking out Oh, right, yeah. Game over, man. He is a man. <laughs> yeah. Whatever high, whatever high he was on, it just wore off once the yep. reality kicked in. Yeah. He was like, man, we're just dead, man. We're, gonna, we're not going to let ourselves here, man. <laughs> but he was talking all that shit when they were about to get dropped on the planet. And he's like, we got guns. Yeah. We got these missiles. And 
yeah. you know, saying all this stuff. And- it's like that. It's like the the line from Terminator. There's like 30 policemen in here. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like yep. you know, like yo, we got all these guns. You got all this. Oh, you know, exactly. Yeah, one Terminator in there. Yeah. Ethan, what you what you think about this film? Oh, I liked it. Uh, like I said, it's been a while since I've watched it full way yeah. through. Um, but it's great. It's a suspenseful uh, sort of a kind of redemption, I guess, with uh, Ripley. You know, you got the awesome ending with the mech suit and everything. And after yeah. uh, Synthetic gets ripped in half again. Yeah. And she just takes care of Newt. And I don't know. It's just awesome kills. You see the alien queen for the first time. And yeah. it's yeah. a lot of uh, memorable moments in that movie. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What's your favorite well, part? Yeah. Do you have a favorite part? Mine? Yeah. Well, it's, it's the mech suit, man. Yeah. When she just puts that on and just goes toe to toe with her, it's, I mean, that's iconic cinema history right there. Yeah. It is. No, it's very yeah. memorable. That's for sure. Uh, I'll share really quickly. I got a few things to say. Uh, first off, like, this movie to me is just excellent. Just like, absolutely. It's just another James Cameron hit, in my opinion. It's a film yeah. that just has, like, just a great balance of, like, suspense, action, and mystery. And mystery in the sense of, like, who are these aliens? And, like, we're learning more about them because like in comparison to the first one you don't see as many here you see like uh you see the queen you see the the nest you see the colony there's just mm-hmm. a bunch more um and they're they're just a higher threat in numbers and then there's just yeah there's a nice plot twist again with like within the cast of the crew members as well who's played by um uh paul riser punk anyways <laughs> but uh to me, Ripley is just like just a badass character. Like she knows firsthand like the threat of the aliens, and she's like super serious, like while on the mission. But others around her, like they have no idea what they're getting into. Yeah, they don't get it. Yeah, right, so yeah. like she has to be very blunt, and it, she may seem very cold, but I think she's also afraid. I mean, I would be too, seeing yeah. what I saw like on the first mission, and then fifty-seven <clears> years yeah. later, knowing that this thing is still potentially alive. Like that's scary to think of. Um, mm-hmm. And like she's just com- she's just completely troubled by the fact that no one is taking her seriously and about her accounts either. Like, you know, they just she's just there's just a lot of fire in her. And I like that um, at the same t- at the same time, like there's strength and like assertiveness, like in her actions and in her speech. And I think that comes through with the way that she protects like uh, the young girl. And um, because in the movie, you do find out that her, um, Ripley's daughter does age because so much time goes by but then Mm -hmm. she ends up passing away so she's never there to see her daughter grow up and like be there for her and so there's this element of like you know like kind of like a rejoining or a second chance of being a mother yeah yeah Yeah. so it's 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 i thought that was like pretty cool and i think also too the probably that one of the neatest things about this movie is like the set design and the environments you're put in like if you take a look at this film and just pay attention to the set design very detailed like the lab there's things that are like on trays and like it's like wow they did they wanted to really make you believe this place exists like for real yeah. and it, mm-hmm. it is it's just a very highly detailed movie and um just great stuff really great stuff so um, yeah i'd say i'll say real quickly um the there's a couple things that i notice <clears throat> the distinction like from ridley scott to james cameron like how the movie itself is like dealt with like you you feel like you know that really scott feel of alien did feel like it was slow storytelling style of like really scott mm-hmm. that he kind of has whereas james cameron's film you could tell he's his pace is definitely quicker 
And that's like what one thing I was trying to notice because this movie is supposed to be set in the same universe, you know. But you see that it's almost like an evolution, and it's kind of you know good that they had a different director to continue that story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the uh, the element of like time travel. So in these these three films, like definitely uh, Back to the Future is literally time travel, right? Mm-hmm, Aliens, right. you have Ripley traveling through time because she was in stasis so mm-hmm. she right, basically true. moves forward like almost 60 years or whatever yeah. but in aliens you don't really feel uh a time jump because no. the way this you know it's already so far ahead in the future you you really wouldn't have anything to compare it to it's not as jarring yeah yeah so it's it's something it's, that you know yeah go ahead i'll say it's one of the few hollywood sequels that are that build upon the original greatly, you know, that can be, uh, it's just up there with it or even better, you know, for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but that, yeah, those, just those two things, uh, I want to mention about aliens. So, yeah. And, uh, I think Raul, you had a thought. Yeah. They come back. Um, the thing is that we're all talking about the set and the, the definite feel for, for the aliens and stuff. Mm-hmm. What, after I, I, I saw that movie and I was really drawn to the production and to the set. And then when I discovered H.R. Geiger, like, holy cow, if, if, if you thought the stuff that all the stuff he, he does, do, yeah, all the stuff that he does for the movie is, is dark and bleak. And it, no, when you see like books of his artwork, oh, yeah. you're blown away. Mm. And it's like, this guy, there, there's something wrong with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> To come up with this stuff, yeah, it's like who, who come who in their right mind comes up with this stuff? Based and, shit off a of Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, that's true. That's it, true. It's it's right mm. on the brink of you know like holy shit, this is like demon esque, scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, I, I no, I, I was going through like some of his drawings and books, and like oh is man, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to see any more of this stuff. So I'm gonna be. <laughs> yeah, there, you know how there's, Dude, there's some yeah, things that you can't unsee. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it. I could see the xenomorph being like the pet dog to Pinhead and Hellraiser. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. yeah. You're That's, right. Yeah, really cool, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a crazy, crazy visual. Yeah. No, right. I don't yeah, think anyone will ever get that xenomorph image out of their head after you've seen it. Where you have oh, one no. mouth and then another mouth, you know, and then uh, the mouth inside the mouth, and when when yeah. when uh, uh, they're fighting the queen, and <clears throat> got yeah. the mech suit on, and oh yeah. man, yeah, that's well, well, crazy, awesome. Maybe they uh, maybe they uh, had a lot of blacklight posters. You know, maybe they just looked at them the whole time. <laughs> you know, they were just Could like, be. you know, Could be. Sometimes the creative process is just takes waiting and being inspired, and sometimes you have to look at a blacklight poster. I don't know. So we'll see. <laughs> or read some crazy black mass demon uh, <laughs> rising from hell book or something like yeah, that. Potentially, yeah, potentially. Yeah. Like posters a lot safer. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Get your center, <laughs> girl. Yeah. Play, play the center. Ouija board and wait to see what shows up. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> no, thank you on that one. I'm going to pass on that one for sure. I'll talk yeah, about HR Geiger. He's probably like, Give me a whiskey and the Ouija board. I'm gonna be in my room for ten hours. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I think it was more than whiskey. Oh, I gotta come up with something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
Oh my gosh, that's funny. All right, we'll move on to uh, guesses body on counts? body counts. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who wants Ooh. to who wants to throw out some numbers? Eight. Okay. In- including, okay. including, including, including the eight. ones that off screen too. No, I'm just kidding. Man. <laughs> I mean, just yeah, you know, just what you it was think. like that whole colony. Yeah, of the Off-screen. Marines. That's that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, yeah that's guess, crazy stuff. Uh, I'm gonna say twenty. Okay. Okay. Anyone else? Uh, so, twenty-seven. Okay. So this is just on screen. Yeah, I mean, I only, I mean, you know, I'm not the one. Honestly, I didn't take count. I wasn't there with a clicker, like, you know. But <laughs> I got the data from another website. But uh, I mean, it doesn't say on screen, in my opinion. I don't have any, I don't have any facts for on screen. I just have a number and then a few details after that. So. Okay, so then on screen, uh, Scott, what's your what's your guess? Said eight. You said eight. Okay, eight. Ephraim said twenty. Twenty-seven. Twenty-six. Seven. Or twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I, I'm. I'll go with fifteen. Fifteen. All right. Well, the data here says there's a total of sixty-eight. Okay, what? I'm gonna break it down. <laughs> break it down. Holy crap. There's thirteen humans. There's forty-five up. aliens. Uh, mm-hmm. nine face huggers. And one fictitious human death. And the fictitious human death is when Ripley has the the dream and it's chest bursted. It's the chest bursted. Oh. So that's the I data. Didn't think about aliens. I'm an idiot. Yeah, they were just <laughs> them damn sentries were shooting them like left yeah. and right. And totally I was thinking oh, to see a silence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I mean, if like, if you want to say like, as far as like just humans, like Scott comes in first because he said, "Oh wait, who said 12? Did someone say twelve? Scott said eight. Yeah, I said fifteen. Was, okay, well, said 15. You know. so I mean, if it was just humans, it's thirteen. But if you count the aliens, yeah, that, that's when it starts to rack well, up. But what about the colony? It doesn't mention anything about the colony. So oh, the colony. Fuck those guys. Just a lot. I would just say you know. Pretty good to begin with. Yeah. Oh man, that's so funny. Great film, though. I love that film. Yeah. I mean, just, oh yeah. That's yeah, just, that's a definitely movie. a good film. Yeah, for sure. And to watch it's, all three of them back to back. Oof, man, I do that. Yeah. I totally do that. It's funny. Like after I was done, like that's why I posted it on the on the Slack channel. Like I posted like a picture of a the toy from Ripley. I mean, there's other ones that are like way more expensive that are like more detailed. But I was like, I just, I just, I respect that character. I respect Ripley as a character. I like yeah. who yeah. she is. Yeah, because she'll kick your ass. Yeah, yeah. like she, yeah. she's just and a like, badass. Yeah, in my ten opinion. years before it was even considered possible for a woman on a film to be a hard ass. That's true. To be mm-hmm. the heroine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man, that's good stuff. That's James Cameron's she's specialty. A fucking man. whore like that lady from true. Commando. <laughs> <laughs> like that guy. Leave Commando out of this. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that high death kill. Arnold. I just recently saw um, a YouTube video about a guy who bought the the on-screen sneakers that uh, she was wearing. They were like knee The Reeboks? Yeah, the Reeboks. Uh, really? And there's like really few of them out there still. Wow. Some guy, some guy uh, bought them and I think he was from Mexico. Oh, that's and cool, man. And he wore them for the for the video. So he was like wearing wow. them around his house. Like, I would do that. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Wait, he said I would do that. <laughs> wear yeah. the Reeboks. Yeah, just around the house, it. though. 
Just butt naked. Right. Just, just to boast. He's a naked. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wear my Captain Phasma helmet around the house for no reason. <laughs> Have you done that? Refer to me as the captain. <laughs> Have you really done that? <laughs> no, man. <laughs> I'll get beat up. What are you talking about? Get beat up. <laughs> you guys get thrown down the stairs. Talk about. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> no. All right, on to the next two. Yeah. Uh, on that note, I'm just gonna drop off. And and I never seen Enemy Mine, so I don't have any input on that. Oof. And uh, watch it. It's been ages since I've seen Flight of the Navigator. The only thing I really remember oh, is. Oh man, watch it again. Freaking yeah. little thing, like I'm a navigator. I'm a navigator. Watch it with the kids, dude. Watch it with the kids, dude. It was a cool ass spaceship, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, I agree. I agree. Cool. Um, yeah, that that probably going to go back watch it, kids. For sure. Well, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate it. No problem. Yeah, you guys take care. Yeah. Have right. fun, you right. So, uh, you want to start with the? I was gonna say let's start with Enemy Mine. Yeah, that works. Yeah. All right. Did you guys watch this film? Never heard of it. Wow. Did you watch it? I saw it when it first came out, and then I saw it on VHS, and then that's it. Yeah. I've never seen or heard of this movie. All right. Uh, well, I guess I can kind of do a quick synopsis. Um, yes. Since Scott's never seen it, it's basically like, and I'm not even going to look at data. I'll just kind of tell you off the top. It's basically two warring factions uh, in space going at each other. Uh, it's after, you know, humans discover, you know, they have, other planets that they can visit and they start, you know, mining for resources on these other planets, but they discover that there's other aliens also, you know, um, exploring and on some of these planets, they're there as well. And then they end up going to war against each other. So uh, what ends up happening in this film in particular is uh, two fighters from, you know, the warring factions, one being the alien, one being the humans Mm -hmm. uh, end up, you know, fighting each other and both end up crash landing on the same planet and end up being for a long time, the only ones on that planet. And they end up uh, forced to survive together and end up learning about each other. So that's an enemy mind. Now. Yeah. Do Dennis Quaid and Lou Gossett Jr. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Great movie, man. Is it good? Really good movie. It's, oh yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's really good. Like personally me, I, I saw that movie as a kid. Uh, I think I was probably nine or eight years old the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it, it, I don't know. I probably didn't have any business watching that movie at that age, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah. But it always stuck with me, like how, you know, it ended up being such a good story. Like just, yeah. you know, like I think I, I equated it to E.T. in a way for adults because it's more like of two different species learning about each other and learning to be together kind of thing. And it's like, end up realizing how similar they are at the same time, even though they're like completely different. So I I think it's a dope film, man. Yeah. I mean, um, I remember, I I too remember watching this movie when I was younger, but like when you, when you suggested it um, on the list, I looked this up. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've seen this movie, but it's been so long. I'd say it's had to be at least like, at least 18 years since I've seen this movie. Yeah. Like it's been a long time since I've seen this movie, but I'd say like uh, a few things that I quickly like, um, I do like the adversity that these characters face. So Davidge is played by Dennis Quaid. And then you have Drock mm-hmm. who's in makeup, uh, Louis Gossett Jr. is in makeup and he plays Drock and like their, their adversity, like it just kept me engaged in their struggle because they're on the same planet and they're sur- surviving together. And they're pretty much, you have to learn 
and fight to overcome what's happening on like the natural circumstances on this planet, which tends to be mostly like um, whatever creatures are around that are, can attack them. But also they have like this random sh- like meteor showers that can actually like, kill them. Right. And then like, I think what's very relatable in this movie is that these two Davidge and Drock, they tend to have a lot of verbal conflicts because they are enemies. You know, they come like, like Caesar said, mm-hmm. they're different factions. And I think at one time or another, like you've had someone that you just disagreed with. And so the the arguments that are displayed on screen, they're very relatable. And so yeah. you kind of like you sit after you watch them. It's like you can just connect with like, you know, I'm that person on that side or, or I'm on the other side. And then to me, like this in the end, like this movie just has a good intention behind it. You can see it. Uh, it's about learning like the differences that you have with someone and like trying to understand them and be patient with them and like knowing where they came from. And I think the director wanted us to leave like the movie with something to think about. Perhaps they even wanted us to completely be changed by the end of the film. And I think that was like a pretty big intention. So it's a good story. It's a good heartfelt story. Um, and like it's it's a, it's an enjoyable film to watch. You know, it's not a lot of practical effects, so it's pretty neat. But uh, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely a good story. And there's a lot of time that passes. Because, you know, like Drac has to leave the planet and then he comes back and there's a child that's born and everything. Like there's a lot of time that passes in this movie and it's, it's pretty cool. It's a it's a pretty cool story. So definitely, definitely check it out when you get a chance. Is Lou Gossett yeah, still yeah. black? Like, yes. Uh, <laughs> I guess you could say. Uh, makeup wise. Makeup wise. Well, like the, the creature that he plays. Clay. Like, yeah, they're like they almost look like reptilian, but they have like yeah, a so, darker skin. Yeah, they're kind of like a. For some reason, I'm I'm, I'm imagining or thinking that he's dark green. No, it's no. There's like cl- like a clay color. Yeah. So it's yeah. like heavy makeup, no Lou Gossett mustache. Mm-mm. No. Dude, that's well, you know, honestly, it's not, and but it's also to me one of the most amazing parts of the movie. It's just you don't. It, it also shows you the power of him as an actor. You oh, don't yeah. see him. For, you know, being whatever, you know, whatever yeah. race, you just see yeah. the character he's playing and it's it's pretty captivating to me, to be yeah. honest. Absolutely. Because yeah. um, there's like, like later on when I figured that out and I was like, yeah, yeah, I was like, what? Yeah. That was Luke Gossett Jr. I know. Wasn't he on Sesame Street for a while? <laughs> <laughs> I believe so. Yeah, I think, he was right. Yeah, I think he was yeah. on Sesame Street for a while. At least I, I think remember he got him nominated being. for an Oscar for Best Actor. For, for this role yeah for that role yeah huh yeah so definitely want to check out if you haven't had a chance and i mean in my opinion yeah like dennis quaid is all right in this movie like he's i think the yeah. more like the further along the movie it gets better like he's a little bit yeah. more bearable to like uh, you know he's a little bit you can stomach him a little bit more well i think that's the intention of the movie yeah and yeah as, because, as, yeah. as it progresses both of, of the of the characters of the alien and of the human are more digestible because they're being more digestible to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it's that. It's also it's also kind of like a um a lesson in learning in a way. Like Davidge, you could tell he's just like kind of a gung-ho soldier, you know, pilot. Yeah. Um but I'll, he has so much time that he ends up learning uh basically the beliefs of someone else. And like yeah. that, there's a higher purpose, and also lineage. Like just yeah, and yeah. the lineage, but also like, you know, the the word of like, basically just kind of philo- philosophical meanings or theological meanings of how to yeah. do certain things in life. He just kind of learns that from a completely different source that you would never think of in the film, yeah. you know. And you see that, 
throughout the film, which is it you know, sounds like cool it's too. a far better message than just tolerating your enemy for like your shared yeah survival. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, yeah, it, it, and it is. <clears throat> that message like, is there. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. That's for sure. Yeah, so that's Enemy Mine. Definitely, definitely check that one out. And then uh, the next one is uh, Flight of the Navigator from uh, yeah. what, what year was that? 1986. 86. And um, with a bullet. Man, can I go first? Because I can I go first? Yes. Can I please go ahead? Go ahead. Man, okay. I, I had no idea what this movie, like when I saw it, I'm like, okay, cool. I'll check it out. And then I looked it up on IMDb. I was like, oh my gosh, I think I've seen this. And then I finally pushed play watch it and then it didn't hit me until like until the kid got in the spaceship I'm like i've seen this movie before but man this movie hit me hard like i like this movie a lot it's a disney movie it's got mm-hmm. really like simple like not too many complex characters but the story behind um i think his name is david it's just so yeah. it's just it, there's a lot involved here it's a story about second chances taking risks fighting for what you want in life and all the while feeling what David is feeling while he was um, uh, a kid, but he was also like after what had happened is feeling alone and scared and left out. So just a quick synopsis, like he and his brother, they're just like their brothers. They're, they're just rag, ragging on each other the whole time. And then he has to go the, they're like in Florida, I think with their parents yeah. and basically um, they, they just go off on their own and do their own thing. And he has to go find his brother. His name is Jeff. And he go tries to find him like in the woods or whatever. And then he comes across Jeff, but he scares him. And then uh, Jeff goes back to the house. And then like David gets distracted by, I think the dog, Matt, uh, I can't remember the dog. Okay, Bruiser. No, I can't remember the dog. Bruiser. Bruiser. Yeah. yeah. And then like, so he gets distracted by something he hears off in the distance. Then he falls down and then we see him kind of just get kind of knocked out. And then we, it fades to black and comes back. And all of a sudden, like he wakes he up wakes and he up. tries to, yeah, he goes back to like the home and he realizes that his parents aren't there. Well, eight years have gone by and this kid yeah. is just like, why have eight years gone by? Why has he not aged and everything? And then like um, the spacecraft gets viewed and it's, it's like captured by NASA and they're trying to like basically um, study it and everything. But David is connected to this thing and he actually becomes like the navigator for the ship. And um, the navigator, the ship pretty much tells him who's like this like intelligence little thing that just hangs inside the, the like this i can't i don't know, i can't explain what it is but it's just it, it talks to him and and stuff like yeah. that so he, he's able to fly fly um david's able to fly the ship and stuff but uh he does explain that he can time travel and so david is feels left out he does get reconnected with his family and stuff but it's weird because his brother's yeah. older his friends are older he feels left out and then uh finally like when when he like can go back to his family and like his, his brother like guides him home with firecrackers. He decides, he goes, no, I, I don't belong here. And it's really interesting because then he takes on like this whole identity is like, I'm an alien. Like I don't live on, I, I can't live on this planet. I can't live in this time frame. And so he yeah. takes the risk of going back in time. He's like, I want to go back to like the time that I like that, you know, eight years ago. And he's like, there's a risk. You, you might get vaporized pretty much is what, the, yeah, what Max tells it. him. He's like, yeah. I'll do it. And then like it happens and like, it's such a great story of just reconnecting with like what you love. And it's just, it's just a very memorable story. And I had no idea how sentimental and how much of a great story this was. So like, I just, I super appreciate the fact that it's on the list and the, that's why I like this movie so much. It, was just, it just, it just, it got me really good. So, yeah. Props to this movie. It's a dope movie, man. It's still, 
like I think I mentioned it to you. Like I think it's something they they've talked about remaking, um, because yeah. it's it's still uh like the time traveling aspect of it again. Like in you know some of these sci fi films, time travel is big, but it's done in a way here that it's like not very obvious right away yeah so and like i think i mentioned it to oscar too it's like to me i connect with it um on a kid movie level as a kid it makes give you that feeling of being a kid again Um, yeah just because like they show you like the there's a scene where he goes to nasa because he's gonna let them run tests on him they're trying to figure out where he's been for eight years and what kind of information he has about the you know the spaceship and like he walks into the room that they got from and they have like all these toys from the 80s that were like super big at that time like you know yeah. they have like some he-man toys transformers. transformers on the bed and it's just like man dude I, like as a kid like you walk into a room with that stuff you would have been like wow this is awesome like yeah you know you connect with it and it, it is to me one of those movies from the 80s like the goonies like you know stand by me or like uh explorers mm. like you know where you get their kids how kids were at that time yeah. you know just the way they really were so it's kind of a time capsule in that in that way and it's just a great story too you know like it's kind of uh darker at first because of what happens and you know the, like the feeling of being scared of you know where is your family what happened you don't know what's going on yeah. um but it's a it the story is like very heartfelt uh you know and you see the innocence of a kid too at the same time like just trying yeah. to get back to what is normal to him which is pretty dope. And yeah, uh, yeah Pee Wee Herman is awesome in the movie. I just got to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, did you guys watch Star Ruby? Yeah. So, I, I think what it might boil down to is like how a child that is still innocent is pushed into a situation where he has to make adult decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's true. and I think it's, it's, it's relevant to all of us because. You know, we've all been there, whether it was like really drastic or the situation was very grave or not. That's that's beside the point. But there, there's always a, a time in your life where you you have to make the big decision. Yeah. Whether you're ready for it or not. And most of us aren't ready when those big decisions come. And we just hope and pray that we make the right decision. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Scott, did you watch this movie? Never seen it. <gasps> that's a gasp. You got to see yeah. it, bro. Yeah, check it out when you get a chance. You'll like it, man. It's a good, it it's a good, good. movie. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I told Teaser, I was like, man, of course it's Disney, man. Pulling them heartstrings mm-hmm. like that. Like, it was. Yeah. I was, when I saw that, I was like, no wonder, man. They just got some good people <laughs> on there. It was good stuff. Yeah. 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 It so, really was, man. It's, yeah. um, it's definitely something i like i said with you i could do a whole episode on that movie because it's just that uh awesome yeah i always like that this one like it was that uh last starfighter oh wow i always associated it with that like it's the same shit i don't want to see that movie yeah i can can see that yeah Yeah. i would have never known anything about it had you guys not brought it up i would have just thought it was that movie yeah no, I can totally see that. I can totally see that. I think on the technical, like technology side, you can see because the ship is like completely just—it's very smooth and it's like silver. Mm-hmm. But you can see like this is one of the probably earliest times that I can tell that like this is when they wanted to show 3D elements reflect 
like its environment. Mm. So if you notice yeah. like when it's going over like red or like kind of clayish area or green, like the bottom of the ship reflects that environment. Yeah. So to me, like that's that's a lot of times when you watch like new movies, like if you guys ever see the Jungle Book and like the live action one where like Mowgli's on top of the bear and like he's like swimming in the water, the water, I mean, it looks like that bear is in the water like that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that's fake splash, if that's computer generated splash or if they film that. But like to me, I always pick up those details. And like one of the first things I picked up was like, oh, they're they're really trying to show people, hey, we can put a 3D element in space and make it look like it's in that environment because it's reflecting mm. the environment. So it was it was yeah. pretty cool to watch, like on a tech technological aspect, yeah. too. So good stuff in there as well. I but think you could do it, like a mocap dude splashing around in the water and then also CGI water. OK, as yeah. far as the that's true. Yeah, 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 that's true. So um, I think uh, one thing that is also cool about this movie is like uh, and it's not very, um, I guess, touched upon like overtly in the film itself. But it's just like their little, you know, either the director or the screenwriter's explanation of what UFOs are. So it's mm -hmm. like this spaceship, like what? It, why do we never like really see UFOs or like they're gone in a split second? They actually show this ship in the film, you know, changes its form to, you know, fly faster. And like it's gone in a split second and they don't see it like the Air Force when they're looking for it or the people in the helicopter when they're looking for it. Or also saying like we've been visited at different times in our history as humans. And they, you know, this the actual um, navigation system, which is like artificial intelligence on that spaceship, explains that it can travel through time. So it's like and it's what it does is it, you know, collects different, you know, species or life forms from different planets right. at different points in time. And usually it returns them to that point in time, which is something that you hear in UFO stories and, you know, other, you know, myths or. Caesar, may may I like interrupt? That. And, yeah. and, and I, I, there, there's, you've touched on one of my pet peeves. What's where that? you interchange uh, the word UFO and it's synonymous with alien spacecraft, which is not the case. Mm. There's a very, there's a distinctive, you know, there's, there's a, a line to be unidentified flying object. Is anything, yeah. anything that's in that the air that, anything. You, that you cannot yeah. identify as flying is a UFO. And that's most true. people that's use true. it interchangeably with, on alien craft, which it is not. I agree, but what, in this in this sense, is what I'm what I mean is the way that it's portrayed in the yeah. film. That's what they're doing. They're using that exactly what you're saying. They're using it, and it's not overt, but that's what they're using. Well, it, elaborate. If we're seeing it from the point of you know a voyeur who's watching this, you know this play along. We know that it's an alien spacecraft, so it's not a UFO because it is identified as an alien spacecraft. You would have right, seen? but I think they actually the say it in the in the film. In the, the people movie? in the film, like the yeah, they'll be like the UFO. Where did it go? They'll say something like that. Is like has it been identified like, as alien in the movie? I think is what uh, Rebels getting it. The government, yeah, but not like the people. Like there's a there's a scene where the spaceship actually lands at a gas station. And they don't know what they're looking at. Like one people, like some people walk up and think it's just a tourist attraction. And then another guy literally like, like doesn't know what he's looking at. The fucking thing at the fair that spins and you get <laughs> stuck to the wall outside. <laughs> I know what you're oh. talking about. No, they, th they look at it more like it's um, like a prop. Mm. You know? And so they're like, man, you got this. 
yeah, like a family walks up and they're like, wow, you did a really good job on that, you know, on that whatever it is, is a UFO or a spaceship or whatever. And like, you know, like, like the kids are looking at it they're like, wow, they want to walk inside. And it's like a scene where the kid gets off and he's going to call his brother to try to act because he doesn't know how to get home. So mm-hmm. and that, that's what happens in that scene. Remember, he calls in the, the payphone and stuff. Well, I think I've seen this because the ship looks like a silver ship on Phantom Menace, kind of right when it flies. Yeah. It's long like Similar. that. I yeah. think I've seen it. What did you think? Or what memories do you have of so it? So long ago, I can remember something about transforming after Caesar, and you guys mentioned it. Like it gets. Did, is it a? Did you think it was like a cool a movie, or in your in your in your data bank of your Back mind? Then I probably said that movie. <laughs> 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 Otherwise, I'd remember it more. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have made more of an impression. But twelve-year-old Scott don't know shit, so. <laughs> 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 nice. <Right. laughs> That's Fly to the Navigator. So Love definitely, it. yeah. If you guys, she's not it, a UFO. Hey, yeah, we've, def- <laughs> yeah, we know we covered that. Depending <laughs> on who you ask in the movie, depending on who you ask, <laughs> yeah, depending on who you ask. Let's ask the director. No, no, it's all good. Yeah, it's yeah, all good. So, well, that that wraps up all the movies, guys. Um, you know, thanks for thanks for hanging out with us and and obviously expressing. Uh, your opinions and your passions about these movies or just kind of curiosity about these movies. And obviously to the listeners out there, if you haven't seen these movies um, and you made it all the way through, sorry for spoiling it, but you know, if you have seen these movies, hopefully you've enjoyed what we had to say. And we hope to uh, see you back next week for part four, as we uh, cover uh, some more films. So we'll see you guys then. Thank you. And uh, have a good night. Yeah. Yeah. Good evening, everyone. All right. Stay safe. And that was the end of episode three, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Tune in next week for episode four of this 80s sci-fi series on the No On 15 All Cast. Peace out and God bless.